Hi everybody, this is Melon Chavarker, nurse practitioner. It's Monday evening. Uh, we are trying to go live with my good friend Brandy. We were going to talk about women's health on her TikTok. Okay, so let's see if we can ask her to join. Uh, let's see. Something is... We had some trouble today with TikTok. There you are. Yeah. Well, we didn't get on TikTok, but we got on Instagram. <laughs> if you can't, you can't work, oh my God. TikTok. Oh, social media yeah. is like not my forte. Well, challenging area. Hi. Oh, hi. Hi, Mel. So now there's just, just now us. We've got Amanda on there. Hey, Amanda. <laughs> That's my one. Amanda. Wonderful assistant, Amanda. Um. Uh, so TikTok didn't work for us. Um, yeah. I think Melon has to have a thousand yeah. in order for her life. Yeah. So yeah. poor Amanda. Uh, she put the she she put work. the post out there for everybody on all our social. Oh, oh no. no. Yeah. yeah. TikTok is is a challenge for sure. But all of the media yeah. have like their little weird caveats so now we're randomly on here and we it's just, just, just the two us. of us people joining us just that's awesome this is mel hi okay. this is melin practitioner and located in california i am a integrative and functional medicine nurse practitioner and i'm on with my very 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 good friend Brandy Otero, who is a wellness coach, and um, she has immense experience with nutrition. She's done integrated nutrition courses, and of course, she's a fabulous cook and knows how to make really healthy, yummy things. Um, so we're just hoping more people will join us, uh, but we can at least get started and chat a little bit about, we, we have this idea to chat on TikTok, because you have a lot of followers on TikTok, and... Yeah. Um, you know, with all the things that have happened to you recently. And I think um, we're on my Instagram, so I, I don't know if people people won't know what happened to you, but can you give like a couple sentence synopsis of what you've experienced, if you don't mind doing that? And then we can kind of talk about what we were going to talk about, which is just women's health and, and you know, what people need. Sure. So about 10 years ago, I was having a lot of uh, menstrual issues, very heavy, heavy issues. And I went to the doctor and I went to the emergency room and they diagnosed me with um, endometriosis and uterine fibroids, but they didn't have a solution. They said to me, oh, it's hormonal imbalance and you just have to change your diet. And it just kind of became like the runaround. And it was one doctor after another, after another, after another. So I went from, you know, these very high society, you know, modern medicine doctors that specialize in women's health. And all they wanted to do was do a full hysterectomy, but without really explaining why or remove like one ovary or the other ovary or burn the lining of my uterus and it was just kind of like this really weird strange thing 
and no one can give me answers of why this was happening. Um, and that was my last resort. I felt there was a preventative way, an integrative way, a wellness journey to kind of change the chemistry instead of going straight to a doctor. So for the last nine years, as you know, I've been practicing wellness, preventative, integrative, and for the most part, it worked. But as women and our hormones change and fluctuate, it was unavoidable. And I started becoming more and more um, tired. And last year, like really gaining weight and like a weird belly and all of these things. And my fibroids were sort of taking over my uterus and pushing all of my organs to one side. It's a long story. But in November, I basically had to kind of have like mm -hmm. an emergency hysterectomy. And I was not planned. Um, but it happened. <laughs> and I spent the last two months in recovery. And so now I'm going on my third month. This was November, December, January, February. Yeah, so March will be March wow, will be that was like the real short version of, of <laughs> and I'm impressed because we're both talkative people. So um, <laughs> I know, I yeah. mean, as your friend, I've I've heard the whole thing. And I remember when this first started happening. And frankly, I think my interest in integrative medicine really started around that time with you. And then I also had a couple of patients coming in with, you know, weird symptoms and, you know, very young women and kind of started realizing there's more to medicine than, you know, what we're doing in, in conventional medicine. And I remember like you doing this whole integrative approach and it really worked for a while. And, but then you got to this point last year where you really felt surgery was your best option. And we were going through the pros and cons and, you know, you were talking to me about all of this as your friend. And then of course I'm a medical professional. So, um, you know, I'm was a hundred percent like you got to do what you got to do. And I think, it just was a great reminder to me, your story of how complex medical issues are and how different approaches work at different times. And we really need a holistic view of women's health. We need a different, we need a, a way to really look at the whole, all the options and get what we need for the moment. And women aren't getting heard. And I think that's the, the thing that I kept hearing from you and this story and over the years is that you felt like you weren't being heard by the people who are taking care of you. Um, is that, does that sound right? What I'm saying? It just, a lot of it was more sort of masking and putting a bandaid over it rather than really dealing with what's going on. And after a while, you get kind of tired because you feel like you're going to these, quote, professionals for the answers, right? They're supposed to have the answers. And every doctor had a different situation, a different scenario, a different idea, and a different theory. Yeah. So it gets really convoluted when you're like, I'm going to send you to this specialist. So you go to this specialist. And then they're like, oh, no, you don't really need to go to me. You need to go to this person. So you go to that person. Like, why do they refer you to me? I, this isn't my forte. We go here. And then it just becomes very muddled. And then you become very discouraged because our bodies are very complex. Every person has a different chemistry, a different reaction, a different situation. 
we could both be diagnosed with the same thing, but our bodies are going to react in completely two different manners, right? And when you don't yeah. look sick on the outside, that's also a misconception because people just assume you're living like a very happy life. And it's like, oh, you look fine. How many yeah. times have you heard that? Oh, you look fine. It's not about looking fine. That's it's the how you feel. Part. And I, I think you've brought up a really good point. Like our system is so fragmented people are getting pushed to different providers and different specialists. And there aren't a lot of people who can look at the whole picture. And I think this is kind of what I was talking about with you earlier today. We were trying to figure out what we're, what we're going to talk about. And I was saying, you know, I keep hearing from women when they call me for to enter care that they're looking for somebody who has the view of both conventional and natural medicine, who can really look at the whole picture and give them some ideas and work with them and work through this, and then really help funnel them, you know, funnel them to a lot of different places. And because it's not about just having one per, I mean, it's nice to have one per person who can really see the big picture. And I think that's tough to find. And I'm one of those few people who can do it. And I, I've seen other providers who can do it um, because they have enough experience. I've done family practice and women's health and I've seen the whole thing, but um, we need lots of different resources. We need lots of different people to help us. And it's not just about one, one way to do things. Like you said, everybody's an individual and we need to kind of figure out and tease out. And it's not so easy, right? People right. are complex. It's not easy for me. I mean, right. I really spend a lot of time talking to people about, what things might work, what things might not work. What are my theories? What are some ideas? Oh, yay. Hi. The people that joined. Thanks for joining Hi. us. We've got Hi, people. people. Hi, thank you. Talk about women's health <laughs> and uteruses if you're interested. If you, have, you one don't have one. If you don't have one, this is very educational. If you know someone that has a uterus that's in your life and you are supporting them in yeah. any way, shape, or form, this is a great conversation. Um, because this is really important and it's kind of a double standard, I believe. And I hate to use that term, but if, if a man comes into the medical office and oh. something's wrong with his penis, it is the world shuts down and they have, you know, magic pills and pumps right. and all kinds of things and every which way and it becomes a conversation. And now it's, you know, it's on the priority list, but women you're like, ah, here we go. It's just your period. You just have cramps. You just got to walk. Oh, you're overweight or it's this or it's that. And so I got the runaround. I mean, I am somebody that has been an advocate my whole life did the every single year go, you know, get my, you know, yearly exams, get all my tests, you know, get all of my STDs, get everything done because that's what women were supposed to do from the moment you start having sex or even thinking about having sex, you get tested every single year. I don't know if men have the same standard, but women, you know, were put in these positions uncomfortably by society standards and I've never missed an exam. So how can my entire life of hundreds of people <laughs> in a positive way, be in my vagina looking and scoping and testing yeah. and this never was found. And then all of a sudden it's like, now you wait till I'm 50 and you now like, oh my gosh, you know, now we have to remove everything. And then there's not even like a follow-up for that. That's the other side of it is you have this very 
invasive surgery, very personal surgery, personal journey, where you're taking my reproductive system and my organs out. And then you're like, okay, now you can go home and just like, give it a couple months. And if a man lost his penis, it would be like on the news. It would be on the news. It would be like, sir, Mr. Smith, what is it like without having a penis? They would be I make a new one left and you know, right. Like it's just so sad where women's health is. We can, I mean, I, I would say though, in 20 years of being in what 25 years of being in women's health, we've progressed, but not very much. I mean, even with the time, you know, you look at medical visits, the time is shorter, what you get is shorter. We, we really haven't progressed. Research takes about 20 years right. there's like a 20 year lag time sometimes up to you know 30 plus year lag time of implementing research and then let alone how much research has there been done on women right most of and once your uterus right. is gone like and you're you're just a man right like i mean people just start treating you like you're a man even maybe you have your ovaries or you don't have your ovaries whatever it is but our bodies are different whether we have a uterus don't have a uterus of course this is complex because we also have transgender folks right. and everybody else listening as well. But, you know, right. everybody's an individual and needs to be treated that way. And I do think that um, women's health is way more complex than we're giving it time and credit for. And we do need more providers to have an open mind and really understand how can we support women. And I think hormones, and I know you're, you know, now your challenge is if you don't mind sharing, I, I don't want to talk about your medical record without you talking about your medical stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The hormonal challenge is really interesting because when you have endometriosis or cysts or any uterine issues, your hormones are going like right. this anyway because your body's trying to compensate and it's fighting with itself. It's an internal fight. So your uterus, your ovaries, everything is like what's going on. So you're already thrown off. So then all of a sudden you wake up and everything's gone. Yeah. And now it's the residual hormones in your body that are flushing through. And now you're kind of going from ground zero. And then now you have to take all these things to bring it back. And now it's like, what's going on? So it's changing everything, headaches, you know, I'm groggy, my body aches. I'm going through like, as if I'm like, going through it all over again yeah. in a weird kind of way. Now, I better not turn into a you're, boy. You're not, not going <laughs> to turn into a boy, but... I come to work with a fashion beard, we have yeah. a problem, but, you know, well, the most and, part, I'm a girl. That, there you go, girl. you know, like, changing your organs and having to take hormones, and, I mean, there's a lot of emotional... Um, changes going on there and things to kind of grapple with. And where's the support taught, for that? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, there, this whole process, and I'm seeing that you're going to very good people, you're in a very good medical system in San Diego, but I'm just fascinated by, you know, and I see it from my side because I don't do surgery. Of course, I'm, I'm a nurse practitioner. Um, we don't do surgery, but I do support women through a lot of other things, pre and post-op. And, and I'm just in your process, when I see your process of having had surgery, 
it reminds me of sort of some of the things that I've encountered when I was pregnant and had C-section and, you know, kind of, kind of support I had. And I was just really lucky to have, uh, you know, family and a husband and, yeah. you know, people who could support me through those, um, through those surgeries, you know, through the, the C-section I had and, but it's very different. And, and, you know, what is, where's the caretaking in this process and support, you know, and I think, it's it's about finding lots of people who you can connect with, who can support you through the process. And our medical system just doesn't give women what they need, honestly, the way it's set up right now, you know? Right. It's a one-stop shop, you know. Ten years ago, you'd get a hysterectomy oh. and you're in the hospital for a couple yeah. days. They're watching and my outpatient. So I went in at five in the morning and I and left you, at you 7 know, p.m. I, Kudos to modern medicine that they sure. can do these. I was like, but... what is yeah. like that's how advanced, right. you know, in some ways science has become because I had a so it wasn't vaginal. There was like a lot of pros, but once you get home and all of that wears off yeah. and you're dealing with pain and you're like, oh my God, even I turned into a human yeah. slinky. I couldn't get out of bed. Um, it's scary when you have caretakers that don't yeah. know how to caretake. That's not their profession. They're not nurse doctors and, you know, aides. That's your family and your mother that's panicked and freaking out. And, you know, it yeah. wasn't an easy, it's kind of traumatic. Going into a healthcare system with the idea that you're going to get the healthcare that you need. And yeah, they got the job done, but it was like kind of when you get <laughs> your, your oil changed, like 10 minutes, you know, okay. Hey, all done. I remember after months, I had my C-section, right? I mean, literally, I think I was there. I think I got to stay a little longer. I, I was there for four days. Oh, my God. I was not ready to go home. And for, I mean, I was ready to go home because I did not want to be in the hospital. But right. I, you know, again, yeah. I mean, luckily, I'm a nurse. I could tell everybody what to do for me, <laughs> you know, how to take care of me. Oh, I need X, Y, and Z. But for the average family, yeah. you don't have a medical professional in your home to help you when you are in that transition period. Yeah, most people, no. people can't afford no. to have it's, an it, it's, yeah. it's really so, sad. And, 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 you know, it had been, it, it had been 20 years since I had my C-section. So of course I'm hearing you talk about it and, you know, I love you. So of course I'm, you're like, a, you know, you're like a sister to me. So when I'm hearing you go through this, I'm thinking, wow, our system is just so messed up. Like, you know, I know it's messed up from a provider standpoint, but again, you know, you get this right. real kick in the pants when it's your family member, or it's your loved one. Wow. You know, and yeah. I, I wasn't down in San Diego to yeah. advocate for I, you, but, you know, I know your family was there, but um, it just, you know, it's it's hard to see and hear your loved ones go through something like this and not feel completely supported. And I think we're really doing a disservice to women with how we provide women's health. And like you said, if it was a guy, would there have been an aide coming to the house or would there have been more support or more pain meds? Or... Let him go. Probably not. He would be in a scientific magazine. It would be studies. It would be like Mr. Smith. 2022 first penile uh removal um he's going to be under lock and key and every highfalutin doctor around the country is going to be there watching 
right? So you're going to go to the best facility like, you know, UC, you know, Berkeley or wherever it is, and all these scientists and doctors and biochemists, organic chemistry is going to be there, and he's going to probably be at UCLA or, you know, right. somewhere in, in LA, yeah. right? Not me. Right. No. Right. right. So yeah. No, hospital. I think, like, I, you know, so yeah. I mean, that's okay. I get it. But when the first man has to lose his penis, besides the guy whose wife cut it off because he was cheating, she threw it out the window, you know, <laughs> that was pretty major. Right? That was pretty major. That's the only time I remember in our timeline where a man lost his penis. Oh, and oh then gosh. that song, Detachable oh Penis. Do you guys? <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's it. But with the women, it's almost as if it's just, it's such a, a, a common, unfortunate situation. And you just kind of be like, okay, thank God I have healthcare. Like, what do you think you know? in the last, like in your journey or the last 10 years? And, you know, I know what happened to you, but I know you used integrative and functional medicine. You did a lot of different types of therapies. What do you feel? How, how do you think? I, I think a lot of people know there's all these different providers and I feel they're really underutilized, um, you know, whether it's an acupuncturist or an herbalist or Reiki, there's so many different practitioners out there. And, you know, one of my jobs is, are you still there, Brent? Yeah. It's, okay. Uh, one of my jobs is to kind of funnel, funnel you along your journey when you work with me to try to look at that whole picture and get help from lots of different places. How do you think, what is what do you say to women who are like really looking at just using their conventional doctor and not really getting the full picture? Like how how can we encourage people to kind of look beyond just conventional medicine to get the help they need? I think this is a day and era where we have to go and advocate for ourselves and find the help we need. What what, what is what are your thoughts on how people can connect with others? I think I would be to look at every aspect of medicine, whether it's traditional Chinese medicine, whether it's Ayurvedic, whether it's conventional, um, you know, it could be anything from spiritual medicine, right? right? Kind of cleansing your body, cleansing your mind, meditating, yoga, right. um, art therapy, psychology, energy um, medicine, movement, you know, music, acupuncture, yeah. acupressure. I think one of the biggest things that I learned yeah. a lot of this was our bodies hold trauma. And with if you have trauma in your life, whether it's emotional trauma, physical trauma, mental trauma, we hold it in our uterus, because that's yeah. from birth, how what we identify as. And so all of our energy yeah. goes into there because that's our source. So we push things down and push things down and push things down. And we're not taught to stand up for ourselves right we're like be a good girl don't yeah. make any waves you know it's our fault and we have to take accountability for other people's behavior and i'm learning and i wish i would have known this to tell myself 10 years ago that i should have been a stronger advocate um even though i did find wellness in other ways i wasn't mm. truly understanding yeah. it as a whole you know what i mean Okay, I'm going to try this, and if it doesn't work, then I'm going to try this. Yeah. But it wasn't integrating everything. I think 
I think you hit it on the nail. It's, it's sort of the thing that I'm starting to see now that I'm exclusively doing functional and integrative medicine is it's not just the physical. It's not just the emotional. It is this. Am I there? Oh, yeah. Saying hi to my friend, Christina. Um, it's not just the emotional. It's not just the physical. It's not just the mind and the body. It's really about this spiritual, uh, the spiritual aspect of, and, and the, the whole concept of trauma. I think we really have not hit on trauma. And I know there's a huge amount of data coming out on adverse childhood experiences. And I know you and I have both been talking about that a lot this last year, and maybe we can talk about that next time. Um, you know, I had um, something happen this week and it just, I know I wasn't going to talk about it, but now I'm, we're talking about trauma. But, you know, yeah. when something happens and something's off or, or and it, it triggers you and you think about your past trauma and I was bullied as a child. And so I suddenly felt like I was being bullied again and I was seven again. And I realized we are not addressing that for women because most of us, let's face it, all of us, have been traumatized in some way or another just based on our gender, just based on what our role is in the society. Yeah, yeah. And that that in itself right. is yeah. affecting our health. And if we don't address that as a root cause, that's that spiritual connection of, you know, like you said, we're holding it in our gut and we're holding it in our abdomen and our uterus. And um I trained in Reiki, abdom I trained in Reiki and I did, I trained in this uh, gynovisceral manipulation technique and I'm calling it abdominal Reiki slash GBM. And we had to practice on each other when I was doing the training. And when people were massaging my abdomen, which how many times do we get our abdomen massaged? I could feel all the traumas right. in my past life and this life come up as they hit certain pieces of my abdomen and I would just cry, cry. Like I could feel when I was, you know, bedridden yeah. with my first, uh, I was on bed rest during pregnancy and I could feel the trauma from that being depressed, being worried about my baby. And as I massaged right near my liver, because that was where his foot would hit my, my, tummy at the top of my uterus mm. and I would feel it right there. So I could feel that trauma right there. And as they massaged, it was released. So, you know, I do think this piece about trauma and how do we get to the root cause is not just physical. It's not just emotional. You could do therapy. You could get, go and get surgery or you can get, you know, functional and integrative medicine to, you know, I've, manage fibroids naturally with functional and integrative medicine shrunk them. But if we don't fix this root cause of that spiritual disconnection right. and the trauma we faced, and what about trauma and past lives? I, I know some people don't believe in past lives, but some, there's some theories that we hold trauma from past lives, you know? Different yeah. imprints of things and in that, the past. That's called epigenetic. Actually, they talk about yeah. epigenetics affecting us. You know, yeah. we're holding our ancestors, all our trauma yeah. from our ancestors. Yeah, I mean, how else do you explain 
these things that we know and don't know and that we're comfortable with and not comfortable with and people that you meet in this lifetime that you're like, oh my gosh, I feel so connected to you. How do you explain that? How do you explain walking into a room and immediately feeling yeah. like, oh gosh, like that person's got a bad vibe or bad energy. Since that, like there's a familiarity, your body knows, your energy yeah. knows, your chemistry knows, your biological senses know, you know, when you're close to someone or not, like they repulse you or not. There's yeah. a thing, there's something that's happening. And with women, I think because we've been traumatized yeah. in so many lifetimes, just as being women, right? I mean, if they assume that you were a witch, they would tie bricks to your shoes and throw you. And if you and if you floated, I, you weren't. Which I think we know I was is reading like somewhere logical, that a lot right? of women healers, a lot of us, so, you know, like you and I, were were yeah. probably were probably hunted, you know, <laughs> in a past life because we were yeah. healers in a past yeah. life. Now yeah. I don't want to get too metaphysical or because both. I know no, some people but. don't believe in past life, but you know, I right. I mean, right. At least the trauma in this life, we definitely carry in our body. And so, you know, at least if you don't believe in that other stuff, I think we have to address that. Right. And you had asked earlier in this conversation, you know, how yeah. would I have changed my journey or what I'd have done differently? And not one single doctor ever came to me and asked yeah. me about my emotional well-being, my being, um, any yeah. issues at home, anything like nothing. It's all about yeah. fill out this questionnaire. Do you have diseases? And you, and we know, we know the clinical diet. We know how clinicians work. You know, you know this. I mean, you've been handing out these to people for many, many years, right? Yeah. And that box doesn't fit everyone's needs. Give so them blank. And I was like, this doesn't apply to me because of this. That question's not. That doesn't work for me. And I, yeah. as we know, I'm an outside of the box person. And I think a huge part of my healing has been through my creativity. We know this creativity is my superpower. Um, it changes yeah. my chemistry. It changes how I process. And it's my gift to other people. It helps me move through things. And I've always used that, that as my yeah. sort of like way to escape. But now it's my way of functioning. Like if I'm not creating something, writing something, you know, a gratitude board or whatever it is, um, I'm not fully giving you myself found that found your healing power, which is great. You know, I think right. so many of us have probably not tapped into what truly brings us joy and heals us on a daily basis. We're just kind of going through the motions and doing everything we have to do. And um those are important questions, I think, that we should ask in medicine. But of course, you know, we got 15 minutes and, you know, I, I have an hour. I have an hour with my patients now. Right. You know, I used to have 15 minutes and I still was able to do a lot because, you know, I made the effort to get to know people. And uh, but it, it yeah. wasn't easy, you know, and I think it's sad that we don't. I think not that I don't think the medicine wants to. I don't think physicians and nurses and nurse practitioners like myself or physician assistants, all those wonderful providers out there don't want to know that information. I think they do. They just don't have the time. And our system is not set up to really truly care for people, um, which is why I do what I'm doing right now, because I'm just, I got tired of it. You know, I got tired of not being able to give the way I want to give and truly hear, listen the way I right. want to listen. So um, 
but I think this was this was awesome. We we really I think we touched on a lot of stuff in a half an hour, and we had TikTok we problems, but we overcame like them. Our next, we now have to now we have to figure that out, and then once we can do that, then we'll hit the other other end of the masses. Um, I'm not doing Facebook right now, which is not a big deal. I'm not really missing it, but you know, on our next conversation, yeah. we can tap into that kind of like you know a little bit more on the peripherals of women's trauma, women's health, their emotional and mental well-being, yeah. how that connects to us yeah. and to our immune systems, right? Because, you know, in traditional Chinese medicine, if you have, say, you know, I don't know, say like your neck hurts all the time, yeah. you know, you're holding your emotions in your shut and in your, you know, in your gut, if you can't stomach things, you have digestive issues, it's because you're not able to digest things in your life if you have a sore throat or you know swallowing issues it's because you're literally having to suck things down like there's so yeah. many things that are metaphorically with our body that people don't understand and don't want to think about it because it's challenging and changing yeah. how we see the world because everyone wants to be like yeah. it's this plus this equals this and that's conventional and i got really lucky in some ways because my surgeon I could tell that she was a little bit more on the spiritual side and you know, when she chose, well, we didn't, we had to pick a day immediately. And the first day that came available was 11, 11, which are angel numbers, which are magic numbers. And she was like, those are the days. That's it. We're locking those days is. And I was like, okay, that's very symbolic. If you follow numbers, right? So 11, 11, 22, that only comes yeah. every 200 years, those digits. So I felt like there was a lot of things in the world that were coming around and the universe was paying attention and as scary as it was, and it's still awkward and uncomfortable, you know, for obvious reasons, because this isn't something that's just going to heal within a day, a week, a month. And if I were a man and my penis was removed, it would be like, I would have lifelong medical surgeries and a team of people that would volunteer their services and a heartbeat and help me rebuild a man's biggest strongest penis but you know you rip out my uterus and you're like good luck with that okay see you I in think two months <laughs> yeah that's gonna be played with you know god knows yeast infections for the rest of your life good because no you're problem. you're resilient you know how to advocate for yourself you know how to get all those different team team members for yourself to help you and you know you have me. I'm always here for you. So, oh, and I appreciate that. And that's you know it's a big thing. And it's I wish we need to have more conversations like this. We need to have more candid conversations. Women need yeah. to be more comfortable talking about their bodies. Yeah. We're still having this issue. It is 23. Um, we need to not feel yeah. shy about that's it. Right. I mean, that's. It is how are we going to get better if we aren't teaching ourselves yep. to be our own advocates and talk about it? And why is it this not part of our medical system? If women are having fibroids right. and endometriosis, and these are kind of, you know, and endometriosis is uncurable, it is a, a disease. And you go to work and, you know, you pretend everything is great, but there's no, like, there's no protection if something happens to you at work right yeah. so i had to go through all of this to get you know um not to get time off from work but because it was a scheduled situation like there's no i don't know it just doesn't make sense but then again you know why are we being taxed on women's period products i think there's so many 
so many different topics we can talk about. So I love this. This was a great beginning and I'm so glad I, we decided to go on Instagram since we couldn't get TikTok to work. So hopefully we'll get TikTok to work. And um, thank you so much. I'm so grateful to have you as a friend and I'm so grateful that you're out there advocating yeah, for, you know, being a wellness advocate, helping women, you know, I know you have a lot of followers on TikTok. She's create what was creative creativity is my superpower is your TikTok. And I love the messaging you're giving. I love the support you're giving. I'm so proud of you. To, I'm so proud of having you as a friend. And I hope that we can continue to have these conversations and help enlighten women how to get the help that they need. You know, I'm here in the Bay Area in San Francisco Bay Area, uh, California, and I see patients in California. Um, I am getting licensed in Arizona, Oregon, and Washington. Um, I have my nursing license in Arizona. And so I really want to help as many people as I can. I can't get licensed in all 50 states. It's just too much work and too much, too much to keep track of. We don't have a national system, unfortunately, for nurse practitioners um, for licensing. But I'm, I'm here to help. And I think at least if we can out, give outreach, out, you know, reach out to people through social media and use it for some good. I know a lot of people don't like social media, but and I'm, I'm one of those right. people who has a love-hate relationship with social media. So I use it. My love for social media is I can share my experience, give knowledge, give people ideas on integrative and functional medicine, how it can help women's health, how it can help general health. I know I do, I take care of men too. I take care of fertility. And I think you're doing the same thing. And I think, you know, we should give ourselves a little pat on the back for trying to help others because I think a lot of social media is just garbage and there's nothing useful about it. And, and this is something useful. I think, you know, right. giving information. Right. And we need to, you know, figure out a way to do like a monthly, you know, live or every two weeks or something and pick a really good topic like this, like women's health and talk yeah. about our uteruses or the ones that we don't have anymore. And um, talk about yeah. what, what that it is. is like, because it's scary. Going to the doctor and having just a regular exam every year is uncomfortable. It's awkward. The fear factor of what if they find something? What if there is something in there? What if I have a disease? What if it's this or that, right? Yeah. Cancer and uterine issues and all of those things. And, you know, being an advocate of always going and no one ever detecting any yeah. of this is a shock to me. Um, because yep. you're poking around in there and you're looking for things, but I, you know, that's not thorough enough. And if you feel something, say something, yeah. right? If you don't feel yes. well, keep yes. pushing, pushing. I mean, I am a pretty aggressive person and I did the best that I could do. And I sat on this for a long time because part of me became complacent. Like doctors don't care. And maybe I'm over-exaggerating because women are taught that we're just drama right? When it comes to yes. our health and comes to periods and comes to these things. And then the next thing you know, um, you know, you're in this situation and could have been avoided. I don't know. You know, my doctors say one thing and it's genetic and it's hereditary. Okay. And 
Yeah. You know, you had this your whole entire We shouldn't life. suffer. Like, okay, I think sure. that the take home message is women don't deserve to we suffer and we need to speak we need to speak up more right. and you know, we've seen some movement around that, but I think we need to really advocate for women's health, women what women need, what we none of us should suffer we should get the support we need we should have insurance cover all these things we should have insurance cover our pads and our you know our diva cups or whatever you use you're right these are all important topics right. so but i gotta well, let's wrap it up because my family needs to eat i'm okay. sure a lot of other people need to eat this okay. california time at the clock it's 11 probably 11 o'clock in other areas uh but right. i'm so grateful that um we got a chance to get on and we will do this again Thank you so much. I love you. I always, always will love you, Brandy. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you. Email. I know. We'll figure, we'll out, figure out the TikTok, TikTok thing. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for joining us. I see quite a few people joined us, and I'm so grateful that you joined us this late um, to talk about women's health. And um, we're going to have a recording up, of course, so that people can take a look at it. And then we'll hopefully put a recording on TikTok and as well. This was this was, this was not, not planned. planned. <laughs> we, we would have let everyone. We would have let everyone on Instagram if this was the yeah. thing. So don't feel like you missed out or you didn't get the memo because we didn't get the memo. We just came on. So, all right, all right Mel. Y'all talk soon. Like um, our we'll good. next attack. Bye, everybody. Have a good Bye, evening. Everybody. Take care. Bye. Bye. Yes. Love you, uteruses.